0: Today's message, today's message is entitled Lost Aspects of Love, and this is number six in restoring the soul. I'm going to pray and then I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, I'm asking that you would bless this word, that you would break it open to us, that you would give us your revelation, and that you would put wings on this message and it would go into the homes and the hearts of people. In Australia and all across the world, we pray that you would restore your love to us and the standard that you are of what love is. Give me grace to share what you want me to share, the exact portion, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, let's put our hands on our hearts and pray this with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. Amen. amen amen so lost aspects of love, love. <laughs> All righty. today we will meditate on love and the aspects of love that are often overlooked so we're going to be looking at love and the aspects of love that are often overlooked Turn to 1 Corinthians 13. It's actually verse 4, not 14. Uh, So we're going to 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4, not 14 there. I'll change that when I get home. (laughs) Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. So that's our foundation for this morning. And have you heard of it? You've heard of it, that's good, that's good. When I ask that question, sometimes I'm only joking around. <laughs> I wanted to hear, yeah, that you have, that you have heard of it, because I figure you've heard of it as one of the most uh well-known verses in Scripture, love is something that almost everybody thinks they have. Love is something that almost everybody thinks they have. Most would say, I'm a loving person. Uh, would you say that about yourself? You, we have loving people here. This is a, a church full of loving people. But most people would say, I'm a loving person. You may think, though, that you have it and others don't. So I have love, but others don't have love. However, our love is often like rotten fruit or like an orange missing some vital slices. Today, we want to recover the aspects of love that have been forgotten or left to rot. Are we ready? Are we ready? Love is more than a feeling. It's a way of life. It's action, not just words. And this is where we find that people may say, oh, I feel love. And uh, love does engage the feelings, but it's much more than feelings. It's a way of life. It's a way of being. It's action, not just words. Love is seen In the good fruit we give to God, His people, and the lost. And we know that the fruit of the Spirit is love. And love is seen in the good fruit that we give to God. For example, when we're giving in tithes and offerings, that's giving love to God. That's giving, if you do it with the right heart, it's giving good fruit to God. When you're praising and worshiping, that praise is like good fruit that you're giving to God. When you are uh, praying and it's coming from the Spirit that's giving good fruit to God, and then we have giving good fruit to His people, we give to His people. Uh, an example of that is when Anna is worshiping, there's a 2 thing going on. She's giving to God, but she's also giving to us. And she even gave an, a, a prophetic word. That's good fruit giving to Uh, the people of God. And we should, in in our words, we should give good fruit to our families so our families become healthy when we speak life over them. Good fruit coming from our mouth. And also good fruit to the lost. Uh, There's a great way that every one of us can evangelize, and that is just make something for somebody and give it to them. Make something for somebody and give it to them in love. And this is giving good fruit. And we see Diane and Daniel do this. Even when they're sick, when they're sick and weak, they're they're making things like bookmarks and other visual things, graphical things that they give to people as they go go about, and they're giving good fruit. And I heard from Daniel that he was able to tell his doctor what a what a name that the doctor had. I won't give the whole name just for the sake of privacy, but the doctor had a name that was so prophetic, and part of his name was Benjamin, which means son, uh, son, of, son of my right hand or son of the right hand. And, uh, so, and, and here is Daniel getting his <laughs> work done on his right hand. But I won't give the full name for the sake of privacy, but Daniel was able to share with him what the doctor's name meant the doctor didn't even know exactly what his name meant and, and uh, was able to give him some hope and give him some life. And so the doctor blessed Daniel, but Daniel then blesses the doctor. This is how we reach the lost. We've got to give them good fruit. You're not gonna, If you give the lost and the dying in the world uh, rotten fruit or like, oh, I'll just give you my leftovers, there's no there's going to be no blessing in that. They're going to taste it and go, oh, this is bad. I'm not going to go to them. (laughs) But if they taste good fruit, then they're going to be drawn to Jesus. Where did this fruit come from? And then you say, it came from the Creator. It came from Jesus. So... Evangelism, sometimes we make it very difficult, but it's not so difficult. It's, go, it's, it's going out in your day with a basket full of fruit that you start to hand out to people. And it can be in the lift, uh, kindness, acts of kindness, and you never know how that's going to lead. One of the sad things that I didn't know I'm, I was going to park here for a little bit, but I feel to park here for at least another minute. One of the sad things is we think that evangelism is all about words. Words are important, but it's not just about words. It's about our lives, our actions, what we are giving, what we are giving to those who are lost. So it's giving that's going to change the world. It's more blessed to give than receive. And it opens people's hearts. Yes. Yeah, so... So then they'll be able to receive the words of Jesus because of the openness that the gift brings. Moving forward. And this is what I've been sharing each week. At the beginning of 2023, the Lord spoke to me saying, this is a year of recovery and restoration for my people all around the world, a Psalm 23 year. Now, usually we read Psalm 23 at this point. We're not reading Psalm 23 this time. Do something a little bit different, but I'll repeat this. uh, These four things that spell Saul that the Lord spoke to me. I heard the Lord saying, my people will be soaked in my love and obedient to my word, understanding my ways, and... Loving me, my people, and the lost. And that's what we're focusing on today. Loving God, loving his people, and loving the lost. Especially focusing on loving his people. Because this is one of the hardest things. Because God's people are our family. And families tend to have squabbles and issues and tensions, right? The more we are with one another, the more we tend to aggravate one another. And so this is where we have to learn love. And you love, you learn to love in your church. Wherever you're committed to, whatever your church is, wherever it is around the world, you actually learn to love through the relationships in your church. And no, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be an easy road. I can remember when I got saved and the tensions that I had in my own uh, home church that I grew up in because I was very zealous for the Lord and I scared everybody about how zealous I was for the Lord and I was really upsetting the apple cart and people were upset with me. But you know that church always stayed my home church and my pastor is still my pastor today. So I love Pastor Dennis and... Edna, and I love the home church now. It's changed names and hands, but I love the people there. I love all those people that were instrumental in my salvation. And let me say that is how it should be for uh, every believer that we really value the people that helped us to grow in Christ and led us to the Lord. And we shouldn't be those who go from church to church and place to place looking for love. Rather, we should find our love from Jesus and then give that love to those around us. Are you following me here? Here is something. This is my inspiration paraphrase. I'm calling this one a paraphrase of 1 Corinthians 13.4. It's a paraphrase because I added more to it. Uh, normally, I'm translating, but this is a paraphrase. Now, before I even read this, I need to share the story of this. So, yesterday, one of the one of the things that I do on Saturday mornings, I don't always get to do it like this, but uh, more lately, you know, I have my scooter and Anna. Anna got my scooter fixed. Thank you, Anna, because it was a real, it was really uh, tough to to try to fix it myself. Uh, And then, uh, so I got it. So I usually take my scooter to a cafe and I start to begin to prepare the message. And so I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to going to cafe. I was looking forward to getting the coffee, sitting down and just writing and just listening to God. I like doing that. It's one of the uh, things that I, you know, I, I enjoy. So anyway, I'm going down and i'm um, taking the scooter and the the watch tells me that it's not going to rain to 3 p.m so i'm like okay it does sure it looks like it's going to rain but it's not going to rain to 3 p.m apparently so and when i'm riding the scooter and like i'm not feeling too well i had some good good uh days this week feeling uh quite good wednesday thursday friday and then friday night um, have been having a hard time overcoming this virus thing, but I'm not coughing and sneezing and stuff like that, so I'm not uh, contagious. But anyway, so here it is. I'm riding, and then all of a sudden, I'm more than halfway there, and it starts to rain. And it's not good for the scooter because it's electric, and I've been having problems with it, and then I'm getting wet, and it was a drizzle. I was just okay with the drizzle, and then it started to really... So I call up Anna. I hope Anna answers her phone. She doesn't answer her phone too much. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to make you guys laugh. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I hope she answers the phone. And uh, she she does. She answers the phone. I said, could you please pick me up? And she picks me up. And then I was just so, I, you know what? I probably wouldn't have been that profitable at the cafe because my body was just ex- so exhausted. So I, I just went back to sleep. I fell on the bed, tired, a bit frustrated, went, went to sleep, but feeling really uh, worn out, really worn out. And something, sometimes that has to do with, the. Uh, I'm just being uh, personal with you, sometimes it has to do with the Crohn's disease, all my uh, glands fire up, uh, and uh, it affects my autoimmune system. But No more about that. I lay down. Then all of a sudden, I wake up at about 3, 3 p.m. with this this word on my heart, and I really felt like it was an... I was thinking on the bed, I'm not going to be able to speak tomorrow. I'm not even going to be able to go to church. But I, I have learned to not say that too strongly in my head because God works between that time and... The time when it comes Sunday morning, God works. And so, uh, so here, I felt like an angel came to me and gave me strength and a message. So this, and it came with these words. These words came to me. I felt like an angel delivered me a message and they strengthened me. Uh, and and I'm, I'm sharing based on that strength that the Lord gave me. So this is a new infographic entitled Love, Love. And let me read this to you. So what I was doing earlier that morning is I was writing the, uh, this verse in Greek and then studying every word in Greek in multiple different dictionaries and, and just getting a real understanding of it from the Greek original. And so, this is what came to me, bringing out the sense of, of that 1 Corinthians 13 4. Love has a long fuse. It doesn't explode when sparked by trouble within or without. Tumultuous people don't ignite it to jump ship. Caring, kind, and helpful that's love. Love isn't a balloon swelling with excitement and boasts, bursting from its own pride sinking into the sea. And that's 1 Corinthians 13 4, my own paraphrase from there. I'll read it again. Love has a long fuse. It doesn't explode when sparked by trouble within or without. Tumultuous people don't ignite it to jump ship. Caring, kind, and helpful, that's love. Love, in a, it, love is in a balloon, swelling with excitement and boasts bursting from its own pride and sinking into the sea. So let's, oh, I could have zoomed in there. That's uh, zoomed in. Love has a long fuse. Now, why do I say these things? I'm going to actually get into First Corinthians thirteen, four, some more. Here is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and the NASB. And one of the reasons why I use the NASB is because it's the most literal translation, though it's sometimes hard to read, but it's literal, so it's good for studying. Love. I'll first read it, and then I'll talk about the Greek words here. But not too complicated, because this is Sunday morning. This is that Bible school. (laughs) But I see Sunday morning, this is our leadership meeting. Yeah. Sunday morning is our leadership meeting where the, uh, leaders are gathering together and we're learning the word to bring it out to others. Love is patient. Love is kind. And is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. That's 1 Corinthians thirteen four in the NASB. Now let me add the Greek there, love The word is agape. You've heard of that, right? Agape. Literally in the Greek, it it is the love. You know, it says the love, but that doesn't translate well. Agape. Now, interesting, you have agape, and then in Hebrew, you have ahava. Ahav is love. The verb ahava is love, like the noun. And interestingly, in both Greek and Hebrew, Love starts with the first letter of the alphabet, each respective alphabet. So, ahav, love, is starting with, can you tell me? Aleph, 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 good, thank you. And in Greek, it's, what's this one, do you know? This is alpha, alpha. So, interesting, in the Hebrew and the Greek, it, it starts with the first letter, aleph in Hebrew. Alpha in Greek. What does this remind us of? That love is the first. Love is a first thing. We're to love God, the first commandment. Love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then also the second commandment is like that. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law can be summed up in love. The one word, ahava or agape, love. All the law, all the scripture can be summed up in that one thing. And love is first. Love is always first. Now, if you're facing a problem or situation in your life, there's one simple solution, and that is love. What would love do? And we're talking about love according to the standard of scripture, according to the standard of Jesus, who is the embodiment of love. He is that word love embodied. So we have agape. And then we have is patient. Macro thumeo. Macro thumeo. So this is made up of two parts macro or uh, macro. You know, we say macro, macro. So macro means big. And thumeo means anger or wrath. So the idea here is something that is long suffering. It does not quickly get angry. And we would say it, it, it would say it based on the Old Testament, slow to anger. So this is why some translations choose long-suffering. It means the word patience. Here, we hear the word patience, but what does patience mean? What does patient mean? It means long-suffering. It means being patient. It means being slow to anger. So that, that willingness to suffer along with people and also to suffer with what people do to us and to suffer for the sake of the gospel, all of that is a part of love. Macro through yeah. mayo. And then we have love is kind, Christuo, Christuo my, Christuo Mai. Now here's the interesting thing about Christuo Mai. When we think of kindness, sometimes we don't get the full idea of what this word is communicating. It's communicating, being caring, helpful, kind, good, genuine. And it could be summed up with that Hebrew word tov, tov meaning good. So kindness is something that is helpful, caring. Uh, It's, again, not just a feeling. And it's more than a smile. Uh, it's something that's active, caring, helpful, and those are the words that I want. I wanted to focus on, and then this is why. Uh, also, we see here uh, here that it's not jealous, not jealous. Now, interesting, jealousy. It doesn't have to mean jealousy as we normally take it. Uh, here, it seems like what Paul is talking about, especially in the context of First Corinthians thirteen that Paul is talking about people that are overly zealous because this is the word, it's zealous, right? It's they're overly zealous, they're religiously zealous, but they, have, they don't have love. They're speaking a lot, they're operating in gifts, they're very zealous but it's an empty kind of zeal. It's an empty kind of zeal, it's an excitement and then he says love does not boast and it's not arrogant. So this is where we have this idea of uh, boasting and pride and somebody getting puffed up they puffed up and, and blowing up and bursting like a balloon but no substance no real substance and I do want to go back here so now, now you can understand what I'm talking about here love has a long fuse it doesn't explode when sparked by trouble within or without tumultuous people don't ignite it to jump ship caring kind and helpful that's love Love isn't a balloon swelling with excitement and boast, like that false zeal and, oh, I can do this and I can do that, like Peter was. You know, Peter was like, oh, I'll follow you, Jesus, wherever you go. And then before the rooster crows, uh, what is it, twice? Twice? Three times? Three times, okay. <laughs> three times before the rooster crows. Three times you will deny me so excitement and boast uh, but there there it wasn't that love there but then of course the Lord I mean Peter let the Lord work in him bursting from its own pride sinking into the sea so I'll read that one again love is in a balloon swelling with excitement and boast bursting from its own pride sinking into the sea Well, Peter was a great example of repentance, weeping and repenting for forsaking Jesus and deserting Jesus. And he found grace from the Lord. I like this picture of the tree. We've got the helping hand. (laughs) Helping. Helping the tree. Oops, here we go. So here we have on this on, <laughs> on a ciferous, on a is how we say it in English. anaciferous, which is very <laughs> difficult word to say in English. We're not used to this name, anaciferous. In the Greek it would be anacephoros, anaciferous. And so Onesiphorus is an excellent example of love for God's people. And I talked about this in my Morning Thought on Friday. Onesiphorus, his name means one who is beneficial or brings profit. And that's what love does. It gives others advantages. It uh, gives others strength and increase. So it gives others advantages Strength and increase. You see that love in a father and a mother, especially with immigrant uh, parents. They come from another country. They want their kids to have a better life than they had coming over. They were pioneering something. Well, that's a great example of love. It's, it's, it's a sacrifice to give uh, uh, advantage and strength and increase to others. And Onesiphorus was a great example of this so let's look at this some more and I'll read to you 2 Timothy 1 15 through 18 you are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me this is Paul speaking and Paul is writing to Timothy and he's confiding in him and Timothy is a minister but there's a cost in ministry And this is something that Jesus experienced and Paul experienced. And Paul says, You are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenus. The Lord grant mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know very well what services he rendered at Ephesus. So here it is. We have Onesiphorus. We need to give these guys some Aussie names, you know. Uh, Where will we get? What Aussie name, Kieran, should we give, give Onesiphorus? We need, I don't even know. <laughs> Karen doesn't know. Karen's the most Aussie guy in the room. <laughs> what was that? We're gonna call. What was that? Norm. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll stick with Anacyparus right now. <laughs> and so Anacyparus is going out of his way to serve. He and when. Paul is in Ephesus, and he's going through his uh, troubles there. Onesiphorus and his whole house. So he he kind he sets the tone for his whole house. It's the house of Onesiphorus. Because Onesiphorus is leading the way in kindness and goodness, his whole family is doing that. And this is the power of a father. A father has uh, a way of leading the way. A father leads the way by his example. And so the whole house does what he does. And he's refreshing Paul. He's refreshing him. When he was out of prison and when he was in prison, he wasn't ashamed of Paul's chains. Now, the thing with prison back then in the first century, it wasn't like today. It wasn't like three meals a day. You got a TV. You've got a bed. This was like quite tough and if people didn't bring you food you didn't have food oh. and they were waiting to be sentenced to death so it wasn't like you can serve your time and then you get out you were the prison was for the purpose of getting your court case heard and whether you're going to die or not so you really on the, you didn't know what was happening but it was either death or you're going to be set free but on this uh, Onesiphorus, Onesiphorus was, uh, wasn't ashamed of the chains, and he refreshed Paul, and he went out of his way to refresh Paul. Now, Phygelus and Homogenes, they must have been prominent names because they were named here in Scripture, uh, prominent men, and yet they're named as those who turned away. So there was a lot of people that turned away from Paul, but here two of them, two prominent men are named. Let me reflect on this some more. God spoke through Paul and even used him to write much of the New Testament. He led many to faith and moved in miracles, yet many turned away from him in the province of Asia, deserting him in his greatest need. Rejection by people does not, let me say this again, rejection by people doesn't mean God has removed his blessing. This is important for all of us to know, and I'm reminding myself of this too. Rejection by people doesn't mean God has removed his blessing. Neither does popularity imply divine approval. So, in, in our Instagram age, and in how many likes do you have? How many follows do you have? And always, even when I came 24 years ago to uh, to Brisbane, I guess you would have these pastors' meetings, and the pastors would size each other up. So, the first question they would ask you is, "How big is your church?" And what are they doing? It's like somebody size. It's, it's like guys, when they meet each other, they look each other up and down and size one another up. How can I take you out, you know, if you, if you came against me? And it's like, okay, we're going to see what type of uh, pastor you are by how big your church is. And what would Paul say? Paul said, well, I got one family now, and uh, it's an uh, on, <laughs> on family household. On a Siphorus, I got one family now that's helping me out, and I'm writing to all these churches, but there's not many uh, gathering to me at the moment. Now, things changed in Paul. There was times of great uh, increase, and there was times of great abasement. He went through these waves, and he went through these cycles, but I could imagine the today's pastor sizing up Paul, and he looked weak. And he looked forsaken and he looked deserted and he looked rejected and he looked like he was a failure. And yet this is the man that God chose to write much of the New Testament. His legacy remains and the other guys, you don't know of them. And some of them are recorded like uh, those two men are recorded as forsaking and deserting. So what do you want to be known as? you want to be popular now, or do you want to be uh, well-known in eternity? Yes. That's, that's really the question. Rejection by people doesn't mean God has removed his blessing, neither does popularity imply divine approval. Don't think, oh, uh, I must be on God's good side because I'm so popular and everything is going my way. <laughs> it's not the case. I, I, I've heard people talk about, well, if everything's going uh, my way, if everything's going smoothly, that means I'm in the anointing. Uh, that means that I'm, I'm blessed by God. Uh, no, you have battles <laughs> if you are in God's way. And there are times where everything goes smoothly, and praise God for that. But it does. it is not a sign of whether you're on God's good side or not. <laughs> or the, the reverse or the reverse of that. So, this is important to know through these examples of scripture. In Paul's trials, God used a family to make a difference, the household of Onesiphorus. While others ran away, they ran to Paul, refreshing him and actively serving. Pygelus and Hermogenes were prominent men. But the Holy Spirit forever records them as deserting Paul. Imagine you were forever recorded in Scripture as deserting this great man of God. Oh, and you know what? They, I'm sure they had lots of reasons. Oh, Paul, he got angry at that person. Did you hear him? Did you hear what he said? And oh, that message, he said it was too cutting. And he's going he's doing too much. He's here, he's there, he's preaching there. We can't keep up with him. I'm sure they had every excuse in the book to desert Paul. Yeah. And people have all their excuses, but it doesn't matter what your excuses are. What does God say? Yeah. What does he think of the situation? And this is why we shouldn't lean on our own understanding. We shouldn't lean on our own understanding, but acknowledge him, get to know the Lord. What is he saying? How does he see things? This is something I believe the Lord wants to teach the body of Christ because We kind of see, like the Corinthians saw, uh, if somebody is strong and popular and eloquent, then uh, God is with them. If they have things going wrong, then God is not with them. And Paul says, listen, it's about love. It's not about those things. So on the other hand, (laughs) Onesiphorus, I'm saying more Greek now, Onesiphorus, On the other hand, Onesiphorus and his house are eternally remembered as helping Paul. Be like Onesiphorus, whose name means beneficial, one who brings an advantage. He's a profit bringer. He brings an advantage. He's beneficial. So be like Onesiphorus. Don't be like those other two. You with me here? And don't follow the crowd. The crowd gets it wrong if you know if i mean if you want to follow jesus ways if you want to follow the scripture realize that the crowds get it wrong 12 thousands. <laughs> what's that 12 disciples yeah thousands. 12 disciples versus thousands yeah. and we see with gideon you know god whittled down the army What are some of the lost aspects of love? And we're coming to an end here very soon. What are some of the lost aspects of love? One is loyalty. There's a loss of loyalty. We don't equate love with loyalty, but love is loyal. And so a a husband that loves his wife as they grow old together, as they get bigger together, we'll say. as you know sickness health they are loyal love looks like loyalty they are loyal and uh, you know a lot of men are tempted to oh you know like the, you see these billionaires in there upgrade they're quote-unquote upgrading their wives because oh she's now old. there's no sense of loyalty it's not love it's self-focus yeah. self-pleasure and that's why, you know, that's why you want a godly man. That's why you want a godly man, because here's the thing. They may be so into you right now, but if they don't have that depth of character, when you start to get older, they say, okay, I'm going to look for someone that's younger. Right? So that's why you want a, go- you want a godly man who, whose God has worked in. That's the one thing. Not just someone who says, I'm a Christian. Lots of, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. no how has God worked in you? How has he dealt with you? How have you? Have you been on the floor weeping in repentance? Have you been broken for your sin? Are you serving and, and blessing God's people and loyal to your family and your pastor? Because if they're not loyal there, how are they going to be loyal to you? So loyalty is so important. I want to say that here... All over the body of Christ, we need people to repent for not being loyal to the churches and pastors. Where you have a good pastor and a good church, we're not talking about a cult or, or a pastor who's, uh, who's, who's more of a, a wolf than a pastor, but we're talking about good people. Wherever you are, if you have not been loyal, you need to make things right. You need to make things right. You need to repent. You need to make things right because that's a bad foundation for your whole entire life. And it's also uh, a bad representation of the kingdom of God where God is faithful and loyal to us. So not just saying you're sorry, but actually making it right. Not just, oh, I'm sorry, forgive me. And you go on your way and just keep on, but actually making things right. And you need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit Well, I didn't plan to share all this, but when I got saved, I had the Holy Spirit convicted me. I had to make things right with people, and it was embarrassing for me. I remember shaking as I'm making phone calls and apologizing to people. I hadn't talked to in a while, but I had to make things right with people. The, The Lord put his finger and said, you need to make this right. And I called up people, and I know you haven't heard from me in a long time, but I'm asking, I, I, I was not saved. Jesus has done a work in my life, but I wasn't saved, and what I did to you was wrong. And I asked you to forgive me. And I had to go around doing this. This is what, it, re, re, what repentance looks like. It's not, I'm sorry, and uh, well, God forgives me, and I just go on. You make things Right. Do you you understand here? This is not works. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in you. I I don't hear much amens here, but I'm going to say it. You make things right. And this is probably for somebody, especially listening online. Make things right. That's what the Lord is saying. Stop grieving the Holy Spirit there. What are some lost aspects of love? Suffering long with others. There's a willingness that you suffer along with others. It's not just like, oh, you're suffering, so I'm going to leave you. That's the normal human nature. If someone's suffering, we don't know what to do, so we just leave. But that's where people really need you and help you. I experienced that when I I was young, and then when I got sick when I was young, all my friends left me. It's like, (laughs) oh, we're in different directions. And... I was left to myself. Well, they were young, they were immature, but that's just human nature. But God's love is different than that. God's love is different than that. And no, you don't need to lay hands on me and pray for healing for that. I'm fine. (laughs) One time somebody shared something personal. But just pray for healing for what's happened over the last couple of years. (laughs) Those are things that... I need strengthening for sacrificing for the sake of the gospel. This is what love looks like. It looks like sacrificing for the sake of gospel, for the gospel. It means love is being present rather than being absent. And a father shows love to his family by being present. One of the things I was blessed with Peter is he said, uh, he's doing JC Soldiers, it's the first Wednesday, It's the first Wednesday of every month at Annalee, right? Did I get it right? Annalee. But he wants to spend more time with his family. It's hot, isn't it? So humid. It is hot. We need the fans today. But he wants to spend more time with his family. That's a good father being present. I remember when I was doing the Bible school on Monday night, Thursday night, and Sunday night. And I was out all the time. And Gideon was saying, Dad, I'd like you to actually be home. (laughs) And, of course, the ministry was uh, was growing, and uh, we had different schools and all this, but Gideon said, Dad, I would like you to be home more. And I learned from that that, and, of course, I, I always wanted to be present, but being present is part of love. It doesn't look spectacular. It's not like you're going to stadiums and preaching, but you're present, Being present at your church is love. And being engaged, too, if you can't be present. Be engaged somehow. Be present in other ways. You can be present online, too. But whatever you can do, just do it with all your heart. There's certain people that can't be, and I want to say there's certain people that can't be present with us, like Daniel and Diane, like Grace, uh, Barbara is still recovering. This is not for them. It's for those of us who are, are like, oh, I got a bit of a headache. I can't come. Or I feel a bit weak. <laughs> let's, uh, let's rise up and be the people of God. Uh, engagement. It, love looks like Engagement. And I shared this before, talking about being present with my mom. She, she was at the last kind of weeks of her life. She hardly had any energy. She says, I got to go to church to testify to the Lord. <laughs> and she was happy that I was there, right? I'm going to be healed. And I said, Mom, you've got to actually stay home. You're not well enough. You can barely walk to the bathroom. We. <laughs> Uh, but that's the heart of uh, someone who's in love with God. They just want to be with the people of God. So you can't say, oh, I love God and not love his people. Yeah. It goes together. It goes together. Engagement. That's a lost aspect of love. Going the extra mile. This is what we're talking about. Jesus said if someone is uh, asking you to go one mile, go another mile. This, I, I haven't heard this preached much or talked about much as I've, I've listened. Going the extra mile. It's a part of being a disciple of Christ. It's, it's the expression of love, going the extra mile. We want to take the short road. Jesus says, go the extra mile. Yeah, it's only required for you to go one mile, but you go the extra mile. They're saying, just do this. <laughs> I heard in Bethel, Bethel Church with Bill Johnson, they had some, you know, taxes or they actually gave money to the government. We're going to give you, you're only asking for so much money. We're going to give you some extra, uh, extra money to help uh, and they had to be a witness. Well, that's going the extra mile, though uh, it would be nice if the ATO would uh, go after the big companies rather than the small guys. That would be nice. <laughs> it's like, like Qantas, you know, making billions of dollars. I hope I don't get in trouble here. Making billions of dollars. Oh, no, we're not going to give back the government grants. We're keeping it all. But then, then they're picking on the, the small guys, giving them $1,000 fines for being one day late with their BAS statements. Yeah. So, guys, we can do better. We can really do better as a nation. Staying... And sticking to it. What is one of the lost aspects of love? Staying and sticking to it rather than jumping from one church to another and one relationship to another. This is something that it seems like we don't understand so much. If we are saying, oh yes, revival, we're having revival and God's pouring out a Spirit and we're worshiping for hours on that end. And that's wonderful, right? I'm thankful. But if we're not staying with and sticking it out and if we're jumping from one church to another and one relationship to another the revival is in vain because the revival is all about reviving us so that we are obedient to the lord and that we are loving so thank god for the revival thank god for the pouring out of his spirit but remember that he pours out his spirit so that we can love and we are not uh going from one relationship to another and jumping from here, jumping here and there. So this brings us to our last passage here. And it's something I read before, John fifteen nine through 17. And this is what we're, last passage we're ending with. And there's one slide after this. Just as the Father loves me, Jesus said this, just as the Father loves me, I love you. Dwell deeply in my love. If you guard my commands, you will dwell deeply in my love. Just as I guard my Father's commands and dwell deeply in his love, I have said this so that my joy resides within you. I want you to have abundant and overflowing joy. My command is that you love one another as I have loved you. There's no greater love than this to lay down one's life for their friends. You are my friends if you do what I have commanded you. I no longer say you are slaves because slaves do not know what their friend, what their lord is doing. Sorry. I no longer say you are slaves because slaves do not know what their lord is doing. Instead, I call you friends. I hear everything from my Father and I don't keep it to myself. I reveal it to you. That's intimacy. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I have selected you to go undercover secretly and bear fruit. Don't make a show of it. I want you to bear fruit that remains and doesn't rot, not just any kind of fruit, but lasting fruit. Therefore, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he will give it to you. Simply put, I command you to love one another. Now that's good and timeless fruit. Amen. So lastly, the chief shepherd restores us to love one another just as he loves us. The chief shepherd restores us to love one another just as he loves us. This love is gritty and sticks to it when others run away. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Here we are, Lord. We want to be like Onesiphorus, Lord. We want to be like Onesiphorus. We want to be faithful. We want that love, your love in our hearts, the love that is long-suffering, the love that is helpful and caring, the, the love that does not look with the eyes of the flesh, but looks with the eyes of the Spirit. Father, may this love dwell in us here. And may our church be marked with and known for love. May we not be deserters who run at the first at the first sight of the battle or the army. But may we be those who stick to it and stand. When we see others hurting, may we bless them and help them and reach out to them. May we just put this love into action, Father, this week and the coming weeks. And we pray for your body. Lord, a lot has been about attracting people through entertainment. But Lord, may we love and excel in love and be an example of love to others. Let the love grow in Australia. Let the love grow in Brisbane. Your love. Let your love grow all across, all across the body of Christ and to everyone listening. Lord, where there's holes where there's gaps, fill them in. Fill them in, Lord. Heal and restore. According to your word, restore us, Lord. Be our chief shepherd and restore us and renew our minds, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Give us loving hearts where we love from the heart. In Jesus' name.